So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode nine of So So There. There. A podcast about... A little bit about marketing, a little bit about inexplicable human behavior, a little bit about the many inconsequential things on our minds. I'm Gary Doyle from the Kramer Crasselt. And I'm Tom Karamitis. I work at the Leo Burnett Company. Whoa, wait a minute. Our listeners must be shaking right now. I know. If you know what, hang on tight to the steering wheel. I was all ready to say that you were the general manager of the mattress firm location in Dundee Road in Palatine. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Okay, I'm a little shaken there. I don't know if I can recover. Uh, So uh, I will kick things off tonight, and I want to talk about something that just came up yesterday. I was talking to a colleague of mine at the Kramer Crasselt, and she said, she said, you know, we should really get together and ideate over this. And I stopped and I thought, and I said to her, I go, ideate. It's kind of a pompous word, ideate. You could just say, you know, let's think of some ideas or let's, let's come up with some stuff. But ideate is, uh, she's, not a, she's not a pompous person at all, but, but it was like we got to talking about things that are... Uh, Words that people use to sound smart uh, instead of saying something that could be much simpler. And the other thing as we began to think about it was all of these words, oddly enough, are three syllables. All right. So I wrote down a few. Uh, Ideate. Now, instead of just, you know, let's come up with ideas, let's ideate. Uh, Utilize. You know, I need to use something. No, let's, let's. Utilize it. Uh, optimize. Optimize. Are we going to improve something? No. We're going to optimize. Right? So all these words that people use to, to sound smart in the corporate world and in the advertising world are uh, oddly enough three syllables. And I just thought it was interesting. Utilize. Ideate. Optimize. Maximize. Cultivate. Leverage, organic, onboarding, onboarding. Let's let's bring somebody in. Let's onboard them. Onboarding. Synthesize, execute, crystallize, implement. <laughs> Equity. <laughs> there are so many, and oddly enough, they're all three-syllable words that make you sound smart. So there. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm stumped by a lot of two-syllable words. Um, I'm not quite as advanced as Gary Doyle. Um, but uh, you just summed up uh, the primary reason why I hate going to meetings. You know, it's, uh, you sit there and there's a lot of posturing and there's a lot of um, chin rubbing. Uh, I, I get hung up on, on, on two-letter wor- uh, two-syllable words like arcane. Which I always thought was a great word, but it's kind of an arcane word, you might say. 
And it's one of those words that when somebody says it, no matter how well read they are, you can't help but think they're doing it for effect. They're doing it to be noticed. Arcane. It's a good word. There are some big words that I do like that I do try to use in meetings. I'll give you a couple of examples. Lenticular. A lenticular, for those of you not in advertising, is something that it's an ad that unfolds in a certain way, or when you walk past it, it, it reveals itself in a in an in a expanding fashion. And those are called lenticulars. And I like to say, we have a lenticular to show you. Another phrase that makes me sound smart that I do like to say, not three syllables, is station domination. Station domination, where you take over a train station with lots of ads. I just think the phrase station domination sounds very impressive. If I was a media person, all I would do is recommend station dominations it's also for got my a little, clients. Got a little musical theater to it as well. It's a little sprightly bounce to it. Just saying it is fun. Yeah. Well, it's not to like. It's, it's a station. You're dominating it. It rhymes. Yeah. That's, that's a drop-the-mic moment in a meeting, probably. All right? Like the Verizon guy. What, what about the Verizon well, guy? Well, that whole, they've done, it's a whole campaign based on his dropping the mic, which I don't really know where that came from. Drop the mic. You know, holds his arms straight out, drops the microphone. Comedians used to do yeah. that. Today I heard where the term kick the bucket came from. You heard of kick the bucket? Yes, when, when you, you die, die right, you right. kick the bucket. Uh, when people would kill themselves via hanging themselves, commit suicide, the bucket underneath them, they stand on top of a bucket and kick it out from underneath them and shuffle off that mortal coil. Well, I will ask you on that same point, you being from Indiana, where does bought the farm come from? I don't know. No. Do you? No. So there. All right, well, I was, uh, I've been thinking a lot since it is kind of the middle of football season about a couple of things. Um, uh, first, just how, just the, 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 the desperate, um, aching manner in which local marketers try to have some kind of tie-in with the team, with the big team. You know, it's usually, you usually have like some local law firm doing their commercial during the, 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 the radio broadcast. And it's usually pretty painful to listen to. And they'll try, they'll try desperately to kind of come up with sports cliche tie-ins like, um, you know, the Bears rely on teamwork. And here in Jones and Smith, we rely on teamwork as well. I mean, it's that kind of thing. Um, I heard one the other day, and, and, and sports fans out there probably know that, that at this point, almost every single thing that happens in a game, they try to figure out a way to monetize. And um, now I heard on a local radio broadcast, and football fans know that, that, that once you get within the other team's 20-yard line, you're in what's considered the red zone. I heard that um, <clears throat> the team had entered the Grillmates red zone. And these poor announcers are saddled with the obligation of having to say this whenever the team enters the Grillmates red zone. And you know there's some producer in their headset reminding them, you can't just say he's at the 19-yard line. Guys, the grillmate's red zone. It, it just makes it, it's just 
painful. It just makes what's already a painful process that's listening to radio play-by-play even worse. So there. What are grill mates? I don't know. I think it's some kind of barbecue accessory. It, it, it may, I don't know if it's a food or if it's a spatula of some kind. I don't know. But I was for a short time in the grill mates red zone. It confuses Gary Doyle because grill mates, I'm, I'm, as you said, I'm assuming is a grilling implement. Red zone, in a, out of a football context, in a grilling context, makes me think of rare meat. Rare meat. So our grill, is grill mates' point of view on grilling is that your steaks and hamburgers should be rare or medium rare? That would be fine with me. I say, Tom, in the t- world of Tom Karamite is barbecuing, just wave it over the flame twice and it's done. I'd like to add something, though, to this sports thing. Our listeners are waiting with breath that is baited. I'd like to add an observation about grown men wearing jerseys. And I, I realize I may very well be in the minority on this point. Isn't this a redux topic? Haven't we talked about grown men wearing jerseys? I don't think so. Okay, continue. All right. Um, I think, well, first of all, and this, is, this just goes for grown men. I think kids can wear whatever they want when they go to a sporting event. I think kids can walk into to a baseball game with a, a baseball glove on. I think that's all great. But once you reach adulthood as a man, if you want to show team spirit, I suggest the preferred method is to wear some kind of team wear that is not a jersey. You know, a shirt, a sweater, a t-shirt that has the team's logo on it. That is great. I love it. Slightly less acceptable to Tom Karamaitis is, is wearing an actual jersey, right, with, with, with the player's name on it. It, it, always, it always just strikes me as a grown man in an arrested state of development who still kind of looks up to the, his little boyhood heroes. It just looks strange to me. But to me, the most unpardonable sin of all in this, in this uh, trifecta of wardrobe malfunction would be taking the team's sports jersey and putting your name on the back. I've seen that a few times and it just, my jaw drops. I don't see why someone would ever come to the conclusion that that would be a good idea. And the jerseys are always too large. They're not flattering for the men because they're, they're meant to account for shoulder pads. And so without the shoulder pads, they drape over their shoulders and hang way down on their sleeves. The sleeves hang way down on their arms. And it's not flattering. And no man, no man looks good in a, in a jersey, especially in a football jersey. Now, I will, let me ask you this about the name on the back. What do you think of a Cubs jersey with the, with the name St. Hubbins on the back? And the number 11, because that is what Gary Doyle owns and wears to Cubs games. That's brilliant. That's brilliant because it's not an actual player. And it's also an inside joke. I would applaud that. In fact, I would probably put that on a par with my preferred wardrobe of wearing a non-jersey. What about hockey? What do you call that? What is it called? It's a jersey. It's the, the, the top of the hockey uniform goes down to mid-thigh. And it also looks kind of ridiculous. It almost looks like a borderline dress when you see men wearing like Blackhawks wear. Don't you think? It's really big. Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak to hockey. It's not a, it's not a major sport. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a second-rate sport, so I really can't speak to it. Yeah. 
So there. Like to move on now to uh, uh, a section that Gary and I call I decree, and these are basically pronouncements about what we would do if we controlled the world. These would be in our Ten Commandments or our Bill of Rights. Uh, if we were king. If we were king. If we were king of the United States yes. or the world, here is what we would decree. I decree men should not use emery boards. I witnessed this on the train the other day. I, had n I don't think I'd ever seen a man using an emery board before, and, and this has nothing to do to me with, with, with straight or gay or anything like that. It just looked wrong because to use an emery board, a man has to kind of curl his fingers up, and you kind of... I think if a man has a hangnail, I think he should use the file on the end of his nail clippers. I just decree that emery boards are for women only. Tom Karamidas gets very angry at people on trains that do untoward things like like trim their nails, like trim their toenails, which Gary Doyle has done once or twice. I decree that everyone should not feel compelled to wear a Canada goose coat. I don't know when it was decided that the official Chicago coat is Canada goose. I don't know when that was decided. There are many fashionable fine coats out there, many parkas out there, many coats look exactly like Canada Goose and keep you just as warm, but whenever the temperature drops below 40 degrees, I've noticed this the last few years, out come the Canada Goose coats. And I want to say, you know, there are other coats out there and they're not all $900 and they don't all use uh, uh, geese that have been killed in unethical manners to make those little uh, hoodies that go around the hood, which I've read Canada Goose does. So I'm just saying there are other coats out there besides Canada Goose, and I would like to decree that Chicagoans be aware of that. I decree that when someone says they're sick or they have been sick, no one is allowed to respond with something's going around. Somebody always says, I hear something's going around. There's, there must be some kind of perpetual infection that just does this round-the-world cycle and it never resolves itself. Somebody will always say, yeah, I heard something's going around. It's, it's kind of an empty platitude. It's like, what'd you do this weekend? Yeah. That always makes me uncomfortable. I don't it know. Make, it makes not you much. uncomfortable because of probably what you're doing. That's right. Because the truth hurts. I would like to add to your decree about when you're sick. I decree that people shall, when you tell them you're sick, I decree that people shall stop saying, feel better. Feel better. I don't want to be told to feel better. I would like some sympathy, like, oh, that's, that's very sad. I'm so sorry to hear that. I would like some uh, well wishes, like, I hope you feel better. What I don't want when I'm ill when I'm under the weather, is to be told, to be commanded to feel better. Feel better. Well, what if I don't? Feel better. And that has become, like Canada Goose, it's become a thing. Not, I hope you feel better, but feel better. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best. It's really, you know, it's up to medicine and doctors and, you know, the illness running its course, but I'll, 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 I'll try. So what you object to is the omission of, I hope you, right? Right. Not, not, not the sentiment itself. 
Exactly. I guess I don't want to be told. I'm not, you don't, know, don't I don't need another task. Well, I don't need another task. I'm not really feeling up to doing very many things. Now you're telling me to feel better. Are you going to are you going to tell me to to bake a cake? You know, are you going to tell me to run a 10k? I, I don't want to be told. You know, I want to be I want I want to lay on the couch and watch TV. I don't want I don't want a task to be presented to me. So I decree no one shall say feel better. Well, this was probably our next to last episode of the podcast for 2017. I had, I was thinking it might be the last one, but Gary cautioned me. There's still plenty of time left as we wind down. But just a reminder, if you've got some comments and especially suggestions for how we can make this somewhat more bearable for the listener, please write us at so there at yahoo.com. The Chicago Bears of email platforms. That wraps another episode of So There. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Thank you to our producer, John Binder. Thank you to our art director, Jim Furr. And thank you to our studio engineer, Marco Morales, as always. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to So, so There. there.